take you uh, into some deep things today. First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. Now this is what we teach you here. My wife usually come up after every message and she will read to you first Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 through 4 because it's going to tell you how Christ died for your sins. So you won't you never want to get away from that because that's how God saved your soul from hell. So if I don't give you anything else, how did God save your soul from hell? But I, I'm going to go further than that today. When you say, how did God save your soul from hell? We know that 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we go, I'm going to go to verse 1 uh, on the screen. It said, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you. Now, this gospel that he preached was the gospel of Christ, okay? It, it wasn't other stuff that you're hearing. So when you say how he saved you, the gospel of Christ had to be preached. Now, the gospel of Christ is Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's amazing. I'm from the South, from Mississippi, the plantation. It's amazing that every church pretty much has a cross on the church. A lot of the pastors, uh, bishops, or whatever they call it today, have a cross around their neck. And then he'll tell you you're saved by water baptism. So, so my point is, if you don't know how you're saved, once you hear this message today, you're going to realize it had nothing to do with the water in the pool. It had nothing to do with all this other foolishness. It was Christ himself that saved you. But I want to show you what he did to save you. That's what I want to show you. First Corinthians 15, 1 and again. I'm going to do that first four verses. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by, talking about the gospel, by which also you are saved. By the gospel, you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached to you. Because other folk are going to try to tell you some other stuff that gets you away from how you're saved. What, then he's going to say, what I preach to you. So we're going to show you what Paul preached to you. So we're going to go to Rome, uh, Romans 1, 16, 17 after this. What I preach to you, unless, watch what he says, unless you have believed in vain. So it's an awesome thing to believe the wrong message for your salvation. It's, it's just... I mean, I know because I've been there. I, I've been there. I understand what it means to believe the wrong message for my salvation. But watch what he says. He gave it to you very plainly in verse number three. For I delivered to you. Now, he did that back in Acts chapter 15 when they got these messages, when they met together with the church. I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. So Paul's saying, listen, this is how I was saved. How, here's the word, how Christ died for our sins. He didn't say he died for our sins. He said, how did he do it? How did Christ die for our sins? Now, we know that Christ was crucified. That's how he died. He died on the cross for our sins. Now, you, you got to get that because there's another teaching out there that telling you some other stuff. There's a lot of teachings, matter of fact. So you got to hold on to the cross. Christ died for my sins. Okay? You couldn't get rid of sins no other way because, first of all, Christ was made a curse. I'm going to show you that. We'll go to Galatians 3, 13 and 14. So he had to be made a curse for us. All right? He had to be made sin. That's what he be made sin. He had to be made sin. But I'm going to take it further than that after I show you Christ died for your sin just one part. Then I'm going to show you that Christ went into hell. It's an awesome thing that his soul had to go into hell, not to save you, but for you. He already saved you on the cross, but now he had to go into hell. I'm going to, have, I'm going to show you that he had to go into hell for you. See, this, is, this, this salvation thing is not a game. And if you don't get your salvation, you're going to have to go to hell for yourself. And you don't want to do that. 
If for once, if you ever took something serious, let it be your salvation. Don't let it be just like political, you know what I mean? Let it be something that when I die, I know I will not go there. Because there are many, many people will go there not knowing. Because they didn't take the salvation serious, okay? Uh, they thought they had a, a choice. You know, you can, and you do have a choice, but don't make the wrong choice. All right. So he said, if you keep it in memory, then he says, I deliver to you, first of all, watch this, how Christ died for our sins. And then he was buried. So we're going to show you those three days. I did a teaching on three days and three nights. So that's not done. So now I'm coming to show you where did Christ go those three days and three nights? Why did he need three days and three nights? Because he went into hell for you. And so we have to understand, he died for your sin. Don't get, don't get those connected. The sin had to be paid for on the cross. That's why Hebrews 9.22 said about if there's well, the shedding of blood, if there's no bloodshed, there would be no remission of sin. So you had to get forgiveness on the sins. Forgiveness of your sin, he had to do that by dying for your sins. He had to shed his blood. That's why it's the blood of Christ, see, that forgave your sins. And I'm going to show you the verse so you can write another verse down. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse, verse 14 and 17. All right, so these things we're going to go to because you got you to know this. This is not a game. You know, it's like, let me move on. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Let's jump down to verse number 14 and 17 while we're here. Now we're talking about how did God save your soul from hell? Because that's what he did. He saved my soul from hell. But how did he do it? See, when people don't really understand about how to praise God and how to live for God, I believe all of this comes because they don't really know what happened. They really don't know what God did for them. When you realize what somebody has done for you, now your heart begins to change towards them. And Lord, help me to make it happen today. All right. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, let's go down to verse 17. Now, these verses are going to tell you about his resurrection. I want to spend a lot of time today, most of the time today, dealing with them three days, but I'm going to give you this. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14, if Christ be not risen, then I preach it is vain, the word vain means useless, and your faith is also vain. See, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, your faith is dead. It's vain, it's useless. But then in verse 17, if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. And watch this. You are yet in your sins. So we know Christ's cross, dying on the cross, had to do with our sins. Uh, let me give you one more. I got some other place I'm going to go to also. But let's go to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. I want to get this over, first of all, so we, when we get on talking about hell today, we won't forget we're talking to people who are already saved. That way you don't have to be worried about hell because you're not going. Uh, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. This letter is from Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. This letter is from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead. The prince of the kings of the earth, under him that watched this, loved us, past tense, loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So that's plain as daylight, but yet you have people today, while I'm doing church, somebody else doing church, and they're saying, you got to come get water baptized to wash away your sins. Some people tell you, you got to repent of your sins. See, all this is still going on because they still think sins are still here. Most church folk go to church because they don't understand that sin was paid for 2,000 years ago on the cross. You have a problem with the works of the flesh. See, it's not sin you got a problem with. It's the work of the flesh and it's knowledge of that. 
You don't have the knowledge of that. So my job is to give you the knowledge of that. So he said once again in, 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 cha in Revelation chapter 1 verse 5, he washed us from our sins in his own blood. See, he washed away. Now let's go to, let's go to the book of Daniel. I'm going to come back to 1 Corinthians 15 in a moment. I'm going to probably be all over the place today. So let's go to the book of, uh, of uh, Daniel chapter 9. The book of Daniel. You got the, you got the prophets, uh, Ezekiel. And after Ezekiel, you got the book of Daniel. So we're going to go to Daniel chapter 9. And Daniel chapter 9 gave you everything that Christ did. Then I'm going to go back to 1 Timothy 3.16. These things I want you to write down because I'm going to, I'm, when I want them, I'm going to just flow to them, okay? Now, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24. Watch what the Bible says. It says, 70 weeks. Now remember, this was during the days when, when, when Daniel was in captivity. So let's say 560 years ago. Uh, Matter of fact, let's say before uh, the cross, 560 years. So when Daniel was in captivity, this was, this was what they said. Because when they got out of captivity, all of this will be finished. 490 years will be the total. From the time they get out of captivity, in another 490 years, this is what they're going to see. But watch what he's going to say. All that's going to happen. So that's why when Jesus Christ told them, uh, how often shall you forgive? I forgive my brother. To seven times, he said, no, I said to you, to 70 times seven, which has been 490 years. So watch what they're going to say. 70 weeks or 490 years are determined, watch this, uh, on thy people and up on the holy city, which was Jerusalem, to finish the transgression. To make an end of sins. Is that plain or what? To make an end of sin. Christ will come and put an end to sins. He's going to make an end of sins and then he's going to make reconciliation for iniquity. He's going to bring in everlasting righteousness. That's, that's the covenant you under right now. Everlasting righteousness. And then he's going to seal up the vision and prophecy. See, it's already been sealed. The vision, the prophecy have already been sealed. And yet you got people having church telling you they prophesying to you. And folks still think they prophesying. And then to anoint the most holy. Well, let's see. Let's see. Did they anoint the most holy? Let's go to Acts 1038. Let's see what the most holy anointed. Everything that he said he did. See, I'm talking about how did he save your soul from hell? Look at all of the things that he done. See, the Bible is about what he did to save you. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Did he anoint the most holy? Let's look and see did he do it. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus. See, the Bible just going to plainly tell you. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Acts 10, 38. So you have to understand all of this been done. See, the Bible is not a continuation like we are living in the last days. See, you, you got people tell you that and you got folk believe it. The last days are what? The only thing with the last days was the last days of the Old Testament. And you can't be in those days because you in the New Covenant. Romans 6.14 told you, you are in the dispensation of grace. You know, it's something, man, I, you know, this is what gets me. This is what gets me. When it comes down to uh, you got something wrong with your physical body and you got to have some things done in your physical body, you want the best doctor, you want a second opinion, especially they told you something you didn't want to hear. But when it comes down to a church, any preacher will do. That, that, is, that is really, I, I can't understand that. If you don't know this book, you shouldn't be sitting here. 
Because there's too many people's lives at stake. All right, watch this. Acts 10.38. Did God anoint Jesus? Yeah, he did. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. Not all, but with the Holy Ghost. See, the oil was a type and a shadow in the old covenant of the Holy Ghost. So that's why here we don't take a handful of oil and put all of your head. Because that was Old Testament. But see, people think, well, we're supposed to anoint people with oil. Listen, how did he anoint Jesus? With the Holy Ghost. Now, Christ is called the anointed one. So when God gave you the Holy Spirit, he anointed you. See, watch this. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus now with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. You, we are the body of Christ. See, nobody knows this more, no more than I am. I've been passing 37 years this year. And we, I used to have a big a bottle of oil. Said the man said, you got no oil? Yeah, I got some oil. I was there. And when the Spirit of God said to me one day, he says, so that's the anointing. I said, no, this is, this, I got this at the store. This is anointing oil. This is, this is olive oil. He says, son, the Bible say the Holy Ghost is the anointing. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. See, that's what anointing is. All right. But we, we you, you got to get taught the word. And that's all we want to do today. All right, let's get those things out there. I got one in Galatia. Let's take that first, because I gave you 3.13. i tell you what it is. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. That's one of them I gave you. 1 Timothy 3.16 is another. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. See, these are, these are things that I want, I want to show you. I just want to show you so much today. Galatians chapter 3. In verse 13. But Christ has redeemed. We're talking about what did he do? How did he save your soul from hell? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, you remember, we were not on the law. So at this time, when he was a minister to the Jewish believer, he said, Christ has redeemed. That word redeemed means paid for with his own blood. That's why I gave you Revelation 1 and 5. He bought us with his own blood. He has and the way he did it was he was made a curse for us. Remember, he was made a curse for us. For us written curses of everyone that watched this hanging on the tree. That's why he had to die on the cross. And by him down the cross, that the blessings of Abraham, that's how you got in the covenant, might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, through faith. And that's how we got the Holy Spirit was through faith. Let's go to 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy, I'm headed towards my message. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. But without controversy. So Paul is going to summarize everything so you can't miss it that Christ did. But without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. Watch, watch these terms. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. We don't have no problem with that, Lord. Because Jesus Christ was born from the Virgin Mary. God was manifest in the flesh. But that's just one thing. Second, God was justified in the spirit. Wait a minute. Do you know what justified me? He was made righteous. See, to be justified means to be made righteous. He was made righteous in the spirit. Why? Because he had to be the first begotten from the dead. He had to come from he, 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 he laid down everything, who he is, and what he had. He had to be made sin for you. He had to go to hell for us. He had to be the first 
born from the dead. First begotten from the dead. He had to be born again just like you to become a new creation. This is, this is awesome stuff. So here he says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, God himself. So how in the world are you going to get baptized in water and be saved? Listen to what he says. God himself was manifest in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit. God was seen of angels. God was preached to the Gentiles. God was believed on in the world. And God was received up in the glory. That's what God did. But we got an area in there because he was justified in the spirit. He had to become the first begotten from the dead. He had to go to hell for us. So let's, let's get into this because I want to show you when Adam, when Adam ate, let's go back to Genesis because I, I don't want to just mess over this. So let's go back to, uh, let's do this first, then I go back to Genesis. Let's go to Acts 2.29 through 36. Acts 2.29 through 36. Acts chapter 2 and verse 29 through 36. Now, this is Peter's message. Peter was preaching in the book of Acts, the early chapters to the Jewish believer. Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Men and brethren, he's, he's, he's ministering to the Jewish believer. Uh, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, King David. He is both dead and buried. Matter of fact, his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, David was a prophet. David was a priest. David was a king. And knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake, watch this, of the resurrection of Christ. That his soul was not left in hell. Neither his flesh did see corruption. Just think about this. That's why they had to take him down from the cross. That's why they had to anoint his body with the oils. And that's why he had to only stay in the cross in the grave for three days and three nights so his body would not deteriorate. So you have to understand his soul had to go into hell. His body was left in the tomb. So when he died on the cross, let me, let me show you this verse. Let me finish what I'm doing here first. I'm doing Acts chapter 2, 39, 29 through 36. Let, let, let me finish that one. Uh, I'm at verse number 31. And verse 31 again says, Seeing this before he spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, where we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit was given to Christ, and that's why you can only get the Holy Spirit from him. He has showed forth this, which you now see in here. David is not ascended into the heavens, but he said himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foe thy footstool. Let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Somebody give him a big hand this place. God has made him now both Lord and Christ. All right. Now, let me get anything I got out there. So let's, I want to make sure I don't. 
Romans 1.16. What, whatever you got, just call it out. Let's do Romans 1.16. Look for another one because I want to get that out of the way. Romans 1.16 told us the gospel. See, you just can't believe anything. And there are people go to, go to church and they're not preaching Christ there. They're preaching you water baptism for your salvation. That's not going to get it. Because in hell they don't have no water. I'm going to show you that. So don't bank on water. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Told you what the gospel of Christ is. Watch this. It is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1 17. For, but for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For it's written the just shall live by faith. When the gospel of Christ is preached, faith is revealed. You can't get the faith of God that saved you until the gospel of Christ is preached because it's revealed. See, the Old Testament, you, ha you had the faith. My wife is supposed to be ministering today, and I thank God she allowed me to, to do this today. All right, so I got to get it done. All right, now, I want anything else. I just finished Timothy, 1 Timothy 3.16. Anything else? All right. Now, let's show you some, some good stuff here. Let me show you something. You want to write down these words because I want to show you some words that means hell. Number one, prison. So we don't think about it this way, but hell was a prison. I'm using the word was because I believe what the word of God says. And I believe that what Christ did in his victory. So you're going to be able to see this. Now, let's show you what he did. I'm giving you what prison. I'm going to give you some things. Then we're going to go to the next one, the grave. So if you keep your notes. Number one, prison. Number two is the grave. Why did Christ go into hell? All these words mean hell. I'm going to give you the, the Hebrew word for hell. It's the word Sheol. S-H-E-O-L. That's a Hebrew word for hell. But you got the word Hades, which is a Greek word for hell. All still hell. Make no difference, still hell. Then you got the English word, our word is hell. Okay. But then there's some other words called the pit. See, all, that's, all those places are hell. But I'm going to show you in hell, there's two sides. There was, they're not anymore. There was two sides. Let's do it again. First Peter chapter 3. For Christ also has suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Watch this. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Now, we are talking about prison because that was also hell. Hell had a side where the believers, hell had a side where they were unbelievers. The unbelievers had fire. They soul burned. This same thing was called Abraham bosom. We're going to look at that also. And then we're also going to look at the word paradise because paradise was not up then. Paradise was down. Now, you all remember that because when Jesus died, Jesus told the man today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. And he sure didn't go to heaven that day. Ain't that right? So y'all don't know where he went, huh? He couldn't go to heaven until after three days and three nights. I'll show you the word, though. Now, 
Look at verse number 20. 1 Peter 3, 20. Which sometime were disobedient. These people going to tell you who they were. They were sometime disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. So we know who the people were. The people who died in the days of Noah. Which waited, which once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing. Wherein few, even eight souls, were saved by water. Now people would take that verse and tell you, you had to be water baptized to be saved. How in the world could you make that big error? You forgot what he just said. Christ, in verse 18, also once suffered for the sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached. Do everybody see that verse? Come on, let's read it together. By which also he went and did what? He preached. Why? If he's going to get people saved by water baptism, why, why? You had a whole flood. Nobody got saved with eight folk. So you know it couldn't be the water, right? Because all they had to do is just dive out, on the, out of the, in the water and let the water save them. If you was not in the boat, you wouldn't be saved. Is that right? So it couldn't be the water. I just don't want you to be deceived. Verse 21 says, the light figure, way in now even baptism. So he told you it was, it was a figure. Does also now save us. And people would take that verse in churches and tell you water baptism saved you. All right. Now let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 1. I didn't read the last verse. First Peter chapter 3 in verse 22. Then we're going to go into chapter 4. Let's do that. First Peter chapter 3 verse 22. First Peter chapter 3 and verse number 22. Who is gone in the heaven? Tell you what Christ is. Who is gone in the heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject to him. So we, we know what he is once he rose from the dead, because we saw that in Acts chapter 1, when he rose from the dead, he went into heaven. But I'm talking about those three days in the middle when nobody saw him. He went into hell. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4 while you're there. Start verse 1. 1 Peter 4 and verse 1. For as much then... As Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Now here we go. For the time past of our life makes us, fights us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walk in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, reveling, banqueting, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange to run not with them to the same excessive ride and speaking evil of you. Watch this. Who shall give account to him 2,000 years ago that is ready, 2,000 years ago, to judge the quick and the dead? 2,000 years ago, he was ready. For this cause will the gospel preach also to them that are dead. Now, wait a minute. If you got to preach the gospel to people who are dead to be saved, I'll tell you something. So are you telling me that he's going to get the one that's alive saved by water baptism? But he got to preach the gospel. Christ had to go into hell and preach the gospel to the one that's dead to get them saved. Don't, don't let nobody deceive you. You can't be saved by water baptism. The gospel got to be preached to you and you got to believe it so you can be saved. Let me say it again. For this call, verse 6. The gospel 
had to be preached. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. That's why Christ went into hell. That they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but they live according to God in the spirit. And then in verse 7, he summarizes, but the end of all things is at hand, 2,000 years ago. All right, now we see Christ went to hell. We see why he had to preach to the prisons, the prisoners that were in hell. All right, those who were captured, all right, in hell. Now, let's show you Abraham Bosom, because I want to I do, I, I do, let's do paradise first. Let's go to paradise first. Let's go to the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 23. I want to do paradise first. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 23 and verse 39. See, if you got people who believe in you, got to be water baptized to be saved. You need to make it your business. You need to put, give them this tape or pray for them or something because their soul will be lost. Their soul will be lost. It's not a game. If you really, you know, I see people. I see people, the, the day probably the greatest day you're going to see the graveyard for and not with the, not with the dead. Because you got people feel like I got to go out there. You need to talk to these people now. If you don't know the gospel to preach to these people, you need to bring them to church. You, they, listen, if they died, they gone, they soul went to hell. And I'm not talking about the one in the old cup, I'm talking about the lake of fire. This is, this is not a game, man. You go, you go to the lake of fire, you're not coming out. Uh, the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 23 and verse 39. It says, and one of the malefactors, this is the two people on the cross. Now that's why in the old covenant that you had two sides of hell. Because you had two people on the cross. You had one on the cross who's a believer. When he died, he going down into paradise. You got the one on the other side who going down in the hell, the lake of fire. That's why it was like that then. All right. And watch what the malefactors are going to say. They're hanging on the cross with Christ. If you be the Christ, now we know what side he's on, right? Save yourself and us, if you be the Christ. Verse 40 said, the other answered, rebuked him, saying, does you not fear God? seeing that you are in the same condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Watch what Jesus is going to say to that man. Now remember, if I was standing here now and I was on the cross, here's the man on my right hand side who's talking this. When he died, where is he going? He's going to hell, but he's not going where this guy going. He's going into paradise. Because that is what called Abraham bosom. That's where the righteous went because there was no hell, there was no place in heaven for them yet. Now that's what Jesus meant when he was in John chapter 14. And people read it all the time, but they don't know what he says. We'll look at that, put that down, we go there next. See, Jesus told them he's going to do what? Prepare a place. There was no place prepared yet. So he had to go inhale, fulfill the scripture, rise from the dead, take the one that was in paradise out, they will come on the earth and they will let everybody know he's risen from the dead. And then they will all now go to be with him in paradise. Above. So you have to understand what happened here. See, when, when, that, when the fall of Adam, 
paradise will turn into hell. And that's why Jesus had to come and reverse the process. So man don't have to go down to hell or down to paradise, because that's where paradise was. You can go up now to paradise. Are you, are you listening? All right, just keep taking notes here. All right, here we go. Today, watch what it said in verse 43. That's where we're at. Watch what Jesus is going to say to this man. Luke chapter 23, verse 43. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say to you, today. Now remember, that was the day he died, right? Today shall thou be with me where? Come on, you need to underline that word because that's where he went. That's where Christ went that day. His soul. His soul had to go into paradise. Paradise was the place for the believer. Because they didn't have anywhere else to go up. It was the old covenant. Now let's go to the gospel of John chapter 20 and verse 16. We'll come, we, we, we're going to catch up here. John chapter 20 and verse number 16. The gospel of John chapter 20 and verse 16. Watch what Jesus says when he rose from the dead. The gospel of John chapter 20 and verse number 16. Are you there? Now, Mary is going to come. She's at the tomb. Mary Magdalene. She turned herself and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said to her, watch this, touch me not. So remember I told you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise was not heaven. Watch what he says, because he had never been to heaven yet. Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Why? Because he had to descend first. The Bible says he that descended is the same also that ascended for above all heaven. So he had to descend first, but here he says, touch me not, I have not yet ascended. He couldn't ascend until he'd go to hell. For I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I'll send, I, I, I'll send to my father and your father and my God and your God. Now, he had just rose from the dead. So he had not gone to heaven. He had been in hell. Everybody understand that? But we know where he was going, right? All right. Now, we know, let's show you where he went, Acts chapter 1. So when you read Acts chapter 1, you can see where Jesus Christ went. Because he told us, everything's in the book, you don't have to guess out here. Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. Acts 1 9. And when he has spoken these things, see the gospel of St. Luke, Luke wrote Acts, or he do just come right over to and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Here it is. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Now the cloud means a cloud of witnesses. It doesn't mean they were out there smoking. You know, Come on now, let's get real. And when he was, he was taken up, a cloud of witnesses received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by in white apparel, which we know as angels, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken from you. Now, isn't this something? Most people in America and all these other countries are being lied to that Jesus Christ is coming back to them. Listen, the Bible told you who he was taken from, who he's coming to. 
2,000 years ago. Let me read it again. Which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you, shall also come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. And you know who's waiting on him now? Everybody in Pontiac. We, not, not do a faith, though. He wasn't taken up from you. He was taken up in Israel. He was taken up from the Jews. And you go read Zechariah, he'll tell you when he come, his feet would hit the Mount of Olives. Just told you everything. You ain't got no Mount of Olives in Pontiac. It's just something to see people, they, they just believe anything the preacher said. All right, now let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. The Gospel of John, not getting far. The Gospel of John, chapter number 14. Now people read this all the time. Now you know why this was written. Let not your heart be troubled, John 14, 1. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. This is the most used scripture for funerals ever had, and yet people don't even know what they're talking about. Watch, watch what he says. And verse 2 again. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, he didn't tell you that. He didn't go prepare a place for him. He went to prepare a place for you. He was talking to his disciples. Now, what was the place he went to prepare? Now, you ought to know by now. Paradise. Because when I show you in the word, I'm going to show you paradise used to be under the ground. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it this way. Today thou shalt be with me where? In paradise. Paradise is not there now. So we all know what paradise is now, right? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to you and receive you. That is so plain. Under myself, that where I am, there you. They ain't talking about you, he's talking about people and Jews. Now watch this. Where did he go? He went into hell. What did he take out of there? Once his victory was over, he put hell into the lake of fire. There's no more paradise down there. So where's paradise now? The Bible told you, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Glad you asked. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That's why I told you, you listen, take notes. This is not a game. This has to do with your salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 1. The Bible has everything you need to know. If you just come get the word. It is not expedient for me. To doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell. Otherwise, he don't know whether he died at that time he was stoned or not. He says, about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell. Whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Search of one was caught up to the third heaven. Now, remember, Jesus went to prepare a place for you. And I knew such a man, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell, God knows, how that he was caught up into paradise. Up, up. So what did Jesus do? He prepared a place, right? What the place did he prepare? Paradise. The paradise was taken from there and was taken up. He was caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell, how that he was caught up into paradise and he heard Unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, watch this here. What, what did he do when he did that? My time is already gone. Let me show you one verse. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. 
And verse 8. Ephesians 4, 8. Why did he need to go to paradise? Because when he rose from the dead, he had to take some people there. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm not doing this justly because in Matthew chapter 51, those people was raised from the dead. The grave was open and the people was raised from the dead. Now, where did they go after it was raised from the dead? Ephesians 4, 8. Wherefore, he says, when he ascended on high. So when he ascended on high, to ascend means to go up, right? When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. All those that were held captive that was in paradise. And he gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what is it that he also descended? He had already descended what? First into the lower parts of the earth. He that ascended is the same also that descended. Also now he ascended far above all heaven. What do you mean all heaven? The third heaven, right? Amos 3, right? So he ascended up far above all heaven. Remember Paul said the third heaven? That he might feel all things. So when Christ was raised from the dead, Matthew chapter 21 told you that. He had to, he had to, to, to take the people out of paradise. They stopped in Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 27, quickly. Matthew 27. Matthew chapter 27. And verse 51. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was written, written in twain. From the top to the bottom, the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints were slept arose. Those were the ones in paradise. And they came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. They went into the holy city and appeared unto many. But they couldn't stay there because he had the Ephesians 4, 8 lead captivity captives. He had to take them back to now paradise so that's why when you die you got to know where you go you don't go to hell when you're saved when you're not saved you go to the lake of fire my time is up I'm coming to this camp first Corinthians chapter 15 this is no game you hear me say it over and over you play with your salvation it could cost you your life Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.